Hello, queens. How are you doing? Do you like my hair, by the way? Those that are watching the YouTube, I had a very long time sitting at the hairdressers yesterday. Five hours, no, more than five hours, five and a half hours to be precise. And this is the end result. And I also have a fringe, kind of a fringe, bangs, whatever you want to call it. And I kind of like it. I was a bit bored of my current hair and I've always considered chopping it all off. Um, those of you that have never seen a video of me, my hair is so long. Like it's that long. I have to literally move it out the way when I go to the toilet. I'm not joking because it's so long. Um, and my husband's like, absolutely not. And not that I do what he says with my appearance in any way shape or form but I just thought you know what no I don't want to miss my long hair so I'll do something different so here we are just curious if you like it or not I don't actually care if you don't like it but I <laughs> you know what I mean oh dear anyway okay I was really excited to record this episode I was walking a few weeks ago and this idea just popped into my head to record an episode to speak specifically to this because this was a fucking huge thing that used to keep coming up for me. And of course, you already know the title, How to Stop Comparing Your Current Body to Your Smaller, Thinner, Past Body. I wasn't sure exactly how to word it, but you know how it goes, right? Your phone sends you a memory notification with a pop-up of a photo of you when you were thinner. You then go down the rabbit hole and start scrolling through previous photos of you, all the different versions of you of the past when you were thinner, leaner, prettier, whatever it is that you were thinking that you are were back then and your brain sends you into this rabbit hole spiral of oh my god I wish I looked like that again I was so much prettier I was definitely more confident I was so much happier I had everything together and hell I was probably even shitting rainbows or something as well all because I was thinner stop my queen okay so this is not serving you in any way shape or form apart from potentially actually giving you an opportunity to learn and to choose growth and to choose to evolve through this trigger and this my love is what we're going to go into today and do together now so I'm going to start off with a quote by Theodore Roosevelt who up until me writing this I thought Theodore was a woman for some reason, but apparently he was a prime minister of the US at some point. So he says, comparison is the thief of joy. When we are constantly and consistently, which is kind of the same word said in a different way, measuring ourselves against others, including our past selves, may I add, who we seem to deem as better than us, whether it's our lives, achievements, or how we look, it brings us down. Unless you've done the inner work to know you're enough and you're the best at anyone in the world at being you. Because here's the thing, not good enough does not exist without comparison. It's impossible not good enough compared to who? Not good enough compared to what? Right? We also, we are where our attention is. 
And so instead of comparing ourselves to our past selves or to others, we can instead focus and put our attention into actually being our true authentic selves, growing in our own way and accepting and embracing the journey that we are on, our unique, magnificent and messy journey. And by doing that, we let go of shitty feelings such as jealousy, not feeling enough. We can then embrace who we are, celebrate our wins and be grateful for the path that we are on. And I don't know about you, but I literally used to feel jealous of my past self. I would be looking at photos of her, her being my past self, the lean fitness model past self, mostly. And I wanted more than anything to just be her again. And I felt heartbroken that I couldn't. Now, now I love all the versions of me that have led me to the woman that I am today. So I'm super grateful for every past version of me for getting me closer to who I am right now. Even the versions of me that after I recovered from the eating disorder and I started coaching, I have obviously Instagram stories and Facebook stories, reminders and things. And I look back on the past version of me and like cringe. If you're not cringing at past at past you, you're not growing enough. And I say that with love because I cringe, but I have so much love for my past self because I'm like, oh my God, you were so cute. Like, how did you even think that was a, a helpful, self-loving, empowering post to post? Because it's obvious you were still just dying for validation and not confident in who you are at all. And it's just so cute to see those past versions of me come back up and it's a bit cringy, but in the most beautiful way possible. So before we go into how to stop comparing yourself to the past version of yourself, I do want to touch on just shortly in on comparison in general and answer the question, why do we compare? Because comparison is natural and it's an ingrained aspect of being human that did perhaps serve us at one point. So I want to dive into this. A survival instinct comparison was, right? So the link between the survival instinct and comparison is rooted in evolutionary history. Throughout human evolution, living in social groups and communities provided several advantages, such as increased protection, shared resources, and collaborative efforts for hunting and gathering. So in this context, the ability to compare ourselves to others within the group actually became essential for survival. And here's how the survival instinct and comparison are all interconnected. Number one, group dynamics. So early humans lived in groups, in tribes, right? So being part of a community contributed to their survival. The ability to compare oneself to others within the group helped individuals gauge their position, ensuring that they were contributing to the collective well-being and benefiting from the group's resources. So I think that's really positive. Do you? The second thing was cooperation and collaboration. Comparison would have encouraged cooperation and collaboration within the group 
individuals who were aware of their skills, strengths and contributions in comparison to others were better equipped to engage in collective activities that enhance the overall chances of survival. Meaning if I'm good at shooting an arrow and you're good at, I don't know, chopping wood or something, then clearly you're going to go and chop wood for the fires and I'm going to go and shoot animals to eat, perhaps, right? And that's the beauty of life. We're all different. So comparison in that regard back in the day would have helped. Number three, resource distribution. In a communal setting, resources were often shared among group members. Comparing oneself to others might have been a way to assess fairness in resource distribution, individuals who perceived inadequacies were likely to take action to address them, maintaining social harmony within the group. Now, I love this one, meaning if I've got 10 potatoes and you've got four, I'm going to give you however many because I don't want to do the maths in my head right now because I'm shit at maths to make it even right to make sure you have enough to make it fair, because I truly believe that every human behavior is an act of love or a cry for love. So if people are hoarding, I mean, I'm deciding that we're all like living in tribes again now and like sharing potatoes or not sharing potatoes. If we were genuinely all loving and wanted the others to thrive as well as ourselves, we would share. That being said, only if there was enough. I mean, this is a whole nother topic where I'm going down right now. But in general, sharing is caring obviously and when we're all sharing with each other and not in it for ourselves it just creates a more beautiful community in my opinion anyway I'll stick back to the topic number four mate selection so comparison played a role in mate selection another crucial aspect of survival and reproduction individuals likely evolved potential mates based on their qualities evaluated not evolved I didn't think that made sense individuals likely evaluated potential mates based on their qualities and attributes compared to others aiming to choose partners with characteristics that enhanced the chances of successful reproduction and offspring survival so that's kind of interesting And the last one, number five, status and hierarchies. Establishing hierarchies within the group could have been important for efficient decision-making and organization. Comparison of abilities and traits may have been contributing to the formation of social hierarchies, allowing individuals to recognize leaders and specialists within the community. Now, I do think that's helpful too. I mean, you can see where perhaps that might lead into how we compare today, like someone's quote better than the other person at speaking or leading or whatever. But back in the day, it would have been helpful, I assume. So while these evolutionary aspects may explain why humans developed a tendency to compare themselves to others, it's crucial now to note that the modern context is vastly different. The survival challenges that our ancestors had and that what our ancestors face are not the same as the challenges that we face today. I mean, thank goodness. Can you imagine a world with like no chocolate? I mean, I don't think I could survive that. Obviously, I'm joking. It's only half joking, to be honest. 
So developing self-awareness to practicing self-compassion and focusing on individual growth rather than constant comparison can contribute to a healthier and more positive mindset and a, and a more peaceful and joyful life within yourself as well. So let's get into the juice of the episode then. How to stop comparing your current body to your smaller, thinner past body. So comparing, go back to the example I gave right at the beginning of this episode, time hop, I don't even know if it's time hop anymore. Something pops up on your Facebook, your Instagram, Google photos now, and it's like, hey, this day back seven years ago, and then it gives you like a a slideshow with like weird music that's like kind of magically attached to this beautiful posting that it's created for you of the past versions of you that were thinner, right? As I'm sure you can relate if you're listening or watching to this episode, that can bring up a lot of emotional turmoil. It can be very emotionally challenging to say the least when you see and you go down the rabbit hole of the past thinner versions of you. And it contributes to negative self-perfection. It contributes to negative self-perception of the body that you have today, right now, in this moment, right? So when I used to compare my body to my past lean body, it made me feel jealous, sad, frustrated, hopeless. And of course, I would then plan a diet or find ways to restrict in an attempt to, quote, get my body back, only to fail miserably and feel like an even bigger failure. I became obsessed with trying to remember exactly how I'd eaten back then, right? I was trying to remember, right, what exactly was I eating for breakfast? Did I have breakfast? Was I having snack? What was it that I had for lunch? How many, quote, cheat days was I having? What exercise was I doing? And I was trying so hard to remember exactly what I used to do to have the thinner body and how much exercise I was doing and what exercise I was doing so that then I could just go and just do that again and then get my body back, right? And then everything would be fine and I'd be happy. The problem was it didn't work, did it? Hence me sitting here now. And I'm so freaking glad that I'm sat here now. And when it did work for a short period of time, honest to God, I would wonder how the fuck I even managed to eat so little and like, live without like dying of starvation or something and so I would first of all do what I used to do as much as I could remember what I did wonder how the fuck I managed to eat so little and then my biology would give me a big fuck you we're so done with restriction young lady you've had anorexia and nearly died when you were a teenager you then you've spent the last however many years restricting and trying to restrict and purging and we're done with it. We're completely done. We're here to take over now. The biology was like, I am here to save your ass and you have no say in the matter. So sit back or don't, but either way, you're going to binge your face off every fucking night and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Then I would fail miserably, feel like an even bigger failure and the cycle continued, right? So the cycle continued for me ever since my anorexia morphed into bulimia. So that would have been about 
12 years. So I was anorexic for five years. I started dieting from the age of nine. So it started even before then. That wasn't a clinically diagnosed eating disorder. So for about 12 years, 12 fucking years. I know I'm swearing a lot right now, but I was in that cycle for, right? And then in the anorexia for five years, that's not okay. So I want to share with you some strategies that really helped me and therefore I'm perfectly sure will help you too, to stop comparing yourself to the past you and to embrace your magnificent and messy, imperfectly perfect current self. You ready? Number one, I've got them in numbers. So it's step-by-step. So it's going to be really easy to grasp. And as always, I invite you to really take your time going through these steps Don't just listen or watch and and have like a, oh yeah, that's really helpful. Actually do the work if you want to stop doing this because if you do the work, you get the outcome and the growth that you want, right? That's all there is to it. So number one, see if you can guess what number one is. I'm just gonna give you a second. Knowing me, or if you're first time here, hello and welcome. I hope you get to know me even more. What's the first thing you think I'm gonna say? I'm going to tell you anyway. Number one, practice self-compassion. Meet yourself with love and gentleness and kindness when you're in the compare and despair. It's okay. So talk to yourself. This is how I talk to myself or how I did because I don't really do this anymore. It's okay to be here. I understand why I am and these feelings will pass. I'm no longer enabling myself to reject and abandon myself anymore, drawing these feelings by hating on myself and planning more restriction in an attempt to feel better. This time, I've got me. Or you can say it as if you're speaking to your younger self, your inner child. So it's okay to be here. I understand why we are and these feelings will pass. I'm no longer going to reject you and abandon you anymore during these feelings by hating on you and planning more restriction to feel better. I've got you. That's number one, self-compassion. Always, 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 always. Love is always the answer. I do not care what the question is. Number two, make space for those feelings Name how you feel out loud or and write them down. So for example, I feel deeply sad. I feel angry. I feel ashamed right now. And this is what it feels like in my physical body. I feel heat in my throat, rising up my head like and my neck and like kind of consuming me with this tingly heat shame feeling. And I feel a bit dizzy. I can feel the shame of being me. It's a feeling of wanting to crawl out of my own body somehow. I can feel it very physically, viscerally, I think that's the right word to use. Authentically express these feelings. So if you feel sad, allow yourself to cry. The amount of times I sat on my bedroom floor and hated my body so much I just cried and cried and cried. Didn't make anything better, but I sure as hell moved those feelings throughout my body, right? So if you feel angry, allow yourself to have a paddy. Now, this is an English word, I assume, the word paddy, basically means have a tantrum, like stamp your feet, like stamp your arms, like 
this is not okay. This is not fair. Allow yourself to have a paddy. Allow, allow, allow. Write them down and then talk about how you feel with a loved one. Talk about your feelings because shame can only exist in the shadows. Sharing your shame brings it into the light and then it dissipates. It's the only way for shame. Number three, remind yourself what you had to do in order to have that body. If you had to live on three lettuce leaves and work out for three hours a day, is it really worth going back there? Are you even able to go back there if you wanted to? Was living even deeper in the hellhole of an eating disorder worth the body you had? Were you really happy back then? Or is your brain currently lying to you? Like, think back if you've been in a relationship, especially an abusive relationship with an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend, and he or she was horrible to you or whatever it was, they, they were abusive in some way, and you ended this relationship, did your brain then remind you of all the reasons why you should be with this ex-partner, all the good times that you had, it kind of like forgets all the bad times, oh, it wasn't that bad. Remember when he took you to here, remember when you did this together, remember, and it's like not mentioning all the fucking times that like he hit you and literally raped you, and this is my experience, and all the disastrous, terrible times that you had, your brain thinks it's being helpful because it wants you to go back to the familiar to remember all the good times so you go back. And I fucking did go back, didn't I? Anyway, if you know my story, if you don't know my story, go back to part one of my, no, it was part two of my story in depth of that relationship. Anyway, I'm talking about this because if you're looking at past versions of you in photos and you're thinner and you want to go back that way and you're like, oh my God, I was so much happier and prettier and more confident. Was you really, or is your brain lying to you? Because don't forget, we get um, amnesia, restriction, eating disorder, amnesia. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Yes, it fucking was. Do not go there again. Remind yourself what you had to do to be in that body. Okay, Num ran over. Number four, this is a big one as well. Remind yourself why you're not still there doing those behaviors in that body. What happened for you to leave that version of you behind? Why are you no longer doing the things that that version of you was doing? This is for you to journal on because this will bring you great clarity. So I seriously invite you, if you don't journal about any of this episode, do this question. Remind yourself why you're not there now. What happened for you to leave that version of you behind? Why are you no longer doing the things that that version of you was doing? Because for me, I am no longer in my previous lean body because for one, my body had had enough of starving. And so my biology took over. Like I said before, I literally could not stop myself from binging. I seem to have completely lost my ability to restrict and consistently trying to restrict and then consistently purge, purging was hell, quite frankly. So I couldn't stay in the eating disorder for a moment longer. It was ruining my life 
my relationships. It took away all my freedom. I was a prisoner to my own thoughts and behaviors. I hated my body. I hated myself. I hated my thoughts. I was hopeless, but I was so done with being that way. That's why I'm no longer there. What about you? All right, number five. Oh, I love this one, even though, of course, I've literally just wrote this, but this excites me very much. Number five, are you ready? You, my queen, have outgrown that version of you. The most beautiful thing is you've upgraded yourself. You're no longer that version of you who was counting calories, who was counting fucking almonds. I mean, how many times have I said the F word in this episode? I'm not even sorry for it. You're no longer counting almonds, weighing peanut butter, weighing spinach leaves, weighing rice, all the things I used to do, which I'm sure you can resonate with. You're no longer, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm generalizing here because you might still be doing this shit and you can see how sad it sounds. You are no longer tracking steps and calories like your life depended on it. Because at that time, you probably thought your life did depend on it because you needed to be thin in order to even feel loved and accepted in this world. Or maybe that's where you are now. Either way, this episode is going to help you. So, yeah, you may have had a smaller body, but would you trade that for, for your life and how you feel now, even if you're not where you want to be, which I'm assuming you're not because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this. But think back to that smaller you, what behaviors you were doing, how you felt. Fuck that. You deserve so much more than that. So you've outgrown that version of you. And also your priorities and values will have changed. And that's a good thing. You've upgraded who you were. So this is the key takeaway for this number five. Send that past version of you love let her go. Write her a letter of goodbye. Grieve that version of you and move on because you've outgrown her. You are not that woman anymore, my love. You're different. You're evolved. And if you're not where you want to be, you're on your way there. And that version of you cannot take you where you want to be. I promise you that. Number six, embrace who you are now including your body bodies change over time it's natural it's a natural part of life so my question to you and again I invite you to journal this what else have you gained as well as weight really take your time with this one too another big question for you how can you send love to your body and yourself now And write a letter of acknowledgement and love. Write a love letter to yourself. And another thing I want to say, own your story, otherwise it will own you. So this is different to being in victim mentality, like, oh, I was anorexic and then, you know, that was because I had trauma and poor me and like, you know, I'm I'm really weak and I'm, I'm not powerful and that's bullshit, you are. It's not okay what happened to you, by the way, and the eating disorder is not your fault. Own your story, own it. Like, how do we even describe own it? You know what I'm saying here? Like, yeah, I've overcome or I'm overcoming fucking anorexia. 
bulimia, binge eating, an eating disorder that severely affects physical and mental health. I'm no longer available for that. I'm upgrading myself and I am living a life that only encompasses freedom and self-love. So own all the past versions of you that got you here. Own the struggle, own it all, otherwise it will own you. So have that energy behind it of owning all of who and what you are and why you are who you are today and how you've got here. Also, what are you grateful for? Cultivate gratitude for yourself, your body, and cultivate gratitude for what your body can do rather than how it looks. Focus on the functionality. Was that a word? Functionality? Yeah, it was. And health of your body, appreciating its strengths and abilities. Number seven, this is a question. What do you need to do to feel better within yourself? What, oh, here's a thing actually. What was that thinner version of you doing that did feel good, if anything, right? She may have spent more time outside or prioritizing going to gym classes and enjoying the social aspect of that. I know I used to love going to body pump and spin and body attack, although I would do all three of those in one go. Obviously, you wouldn't do the disordered part excuse me, so learn from that version of you before, taking what did feel good that you may not have in your life right now and leaving behind the disordered part, leaving behind the behaviors that were only driven from fear. So for example, me going to the gym and doing three classes back to back, that was one version of me. Another version of me would like bike to work for like 40 minutes, no, bike to the gym, sorry, before work for 40 minutes, do a gym class for an hour, bike to work, go to work all day, then bike back from work to the gym, do another gym class, then bike back home. So I enjoyed the gym. So if I was leaving behind the disordered parts of that old version of me, but wanted to bring in the gym and the, what word am I looking for? Um, Social aspect of that, I would then perhaps drive to the gym do one class, drive to work, and then drive home after work, right? So look at the past version of you and see what you were doing that was perhaps benefiting you or more so that could benefit you now. Number eight is come up with some mantras to repeat to yourself. So here's a few as examples. I am enough. I embrace the body I have today. I choose to enjoy life in the real body I have right now. My body is the least interesting thing about me. Me and my body deserve pleasure and love always. All right, number nine, diversify your social media feed. So follow accounts, of course, this goes without saying, that promotes body positivity, diversity. Surrounding yourself with positive influences can help shift your perspective and reduce the impact of societal beauty standards. That is crucial, actually, to do that. Number 10, mindfulness and meditation. Practice mindfulness. And honestly, the old version of me would have like eye-rolled it like, oh, meditation, boring, mindfulness, boring. Listen to me when I say this changed my life, right? So practice mindfulness to stay in the present moment and appreciate the current moment. Meditation can help you become aware of your thoughts and emotions without judgment. 
that's huge. So I invite you to really practice that and lean into that. If you're super resistant to that, then you definitely need to lean into that because whatever you resist beyond that lies your greatest gifts and what you want in life seriously. And number 11, the last one is seek professional support. If your body image concerns are affecting your mental health in a negative way, consider seeking support from a therapist or a coach. Of course, I have my hand up for, for that, who can provide tools, love, support and guidance to help you navigate these feelings and to get you where you want to be. I am here for you, whether that's through my free content, which is what you're consuming right now, and my free groups, my group coaching, one-to-one coaching, allow yourself to be supported. And then the last thing I want to say is remember that everybody has a different body. Everybody is unique. Comparing yourself to an idealized version of you in the past may not be, well, it's definitely not helpful. It's not, may not be helpful. It's not helpful. It's not serving you in any way. So instead, embrace self-love, focus on your well-being and appreciate your body for all that it allows you to experience in life. Own your story that's led you to the woman that you are today. Accept the upgrade of who you currently are. Grieve the past versions of you that perhaps you need to grieve. Surrender, let go and enjoy the real body that you have right now. All right, my loves, with that being said, if you haven't already, please rate my podcast. It really helps me get this content out for free to all the people around the world. If you rate it and leave a five-star review, I'll be so grateful. Love, so much love to you all. I've just realized that it's quite dark because it's getting dark outside, but either way, I've got the content across that I wanted to share with you. So thank you as always for being here. I love you and I will see you next week. Bye.